So, so Paul, remember, this is later in Paul's ministry, maybe about 10 years before he is, uh, he is executed. And so he's going to live out <clears throat> several more years of his life, probably in, um, under house arrest in Rome. But, but all of these letters that he's written to these places are places that he's visited before. His, all of his three missionary journeys. And so some of the missionary journey stuff happens around Israel and all of that stuff on the on that eastern side of the Mediterranean. And then he went up north of there and went into the place that is in the New Testament. It's called Asia a bunch of times. He, uh, in Acts chapter 16, it said that they went into the Galatia. That's, that's what it's called sometime, which is the northern part of that Asia. It's, it's what we know as Turkey right now. And remember, we read it, uh, we met it, in Acts, when we were studying that, was it Acts? I think that's right. We were studying the book of Acts, and we ran across this where he said, we were in Asia, but the Holy Spirit, we wanted to go to, uh, we wanted to go to Galatia, we wanted to go to Troas and some other places to minister, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them. And he has a dream, and in the dream, a guy from, uh, from Thessalonica, which is over in Greece, what we know as Greece now, but they called it Macedonia. Remember Philip of Macedon? That's where Macedonia comes from. And so he said, and they went into Philippi and... Uh, so all of these people that he met in Acts chapter 16, it's who he's talking to when he's writing in the book of Philippians, this letter that he's written to that church. Um, the letters probably got circulated, and so other, like Thessalonica and some of those other places, they read the same letters. They were copied and sent around because it, it, the instruction, even though it was specifically for them, the instructions about how to behave and all that stuff fit with the other churches. So we're in chapter 4 of the book of Philippians right now. And uh, verse 1 says, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren. Number 1, he says, therefore. So we need to go back to the end, the last, the end of chapter 30 to get what the therefore is for. But he calls them my beloved and longed for brethren. Wouldn't that be a nice uh, way to be referred to? And it, he, did, he doesn't do that. Beloved is not a word that he uses a lot. John talks a lot, my beloved children and all that kind of stuff. Paul doesn't do it a lot. So there, he had some very close relationship with them, different from a lot of the other churches that he was at. But he says, therefore, my beloved long brother, my joy and crown. Uh, crown is the laurel leaf that you got for winning a race. Uh, and by the way, crown, anybody know what it is? A victory. 
Stephanos is the word. My name, by the way. Um, crown of victory. So my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. So therefore, stand fast in the Lord. If you take all that flowery language out, he's saying, therefore, stand fast in the Lord. We got to go back and look at chapter three to see what the therefore is. And it was that we're not citizens of this world. Remember, that's how we ended up last week. We're not citizens of this world. We are something completely new because of Jesus. Um, so, and that's how we're able to stand fast. Stand fast is a, was a military term, and the picture is of a soldier that no matter what's going on in the battle, he stands, stands fast, and, you know, keeps fighting. Uh, so that's what he tells him, stand fast. And he says, and here's, I think that what he says in this next phrase, this next sentence, is that, um, that this is part of standing fast. This is what standing fast looks like. Standing firm in their faith, he says, I implore Euodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Um, we don't know a lot about these two. These are two women, Euodia and Syntyche. Just by the way, their names mean prosperous and lucky. So um, they probably were some of these women that he, remember he meets them on the uh, down by the riverside, that's where it says in chapter 16, that's where people went to pray. So he meets the, these women and Lydia, the one that was the one that had, uh, she had a business where she dyed purple cloth. So she was rich, rich, rich and had a big house and the Philippian church met there. Uh, so, but this Euodia and Syntyche were two other women and apparently they were fighting. Some people think that the, they were the Greek bunch and the Jewish bunch were kind of infighting with each other. And, but he says, be of the same mind in the Lord. And that be of the same, it's harm, harmony. It's the word we have for harmony. So it doesn't mean, harmony isn't just all the same note. It's complementary notes. It's stuff that all fits together. And so he's telling them, you know, make it work, make, fit together. Uh, and I urge you also, true companion, um, that could be, I'm sorry, I to keep on at, adding some things in here, but the, the word there is syzygos. And that could be just a vague term, like Pam is my, was my companion last weekend when we were in Montana. It could mean that, or it could mean that that's the person's actual name, and they and they knew who he was talking about when he said Sisygos. I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. They were active in the missionary work that he did in, Phil, uh, in Philippi there, because they labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I think he's talking about all of them, their names are in the book of life. And because of that, these ladies need to get it together and not be silly fighting. 
That's a good word for the church. All the, the huge church. Stop fighting with each other. It was such a disheartening thing to me growing up in the Southern Baptist Church and in the 1970s when I was in college to see all the infighting and the stuff that was going on and political maneuvering, not in Washington, in the church. It was in Nashville where all these fights were happening. Imagine how, I imagine that that's how Paul feels when he goes, what are you guys fighting about? So he says, so, your names are in the book of life, that's the important thing. Don't, don't get caught up in all of that other silly fighting and stuff. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I would say rejoice. I don't think that's, I think that's connected to what he's just said. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Um, that's an imperative. That's not a suggestion. That's not a request. That is a command when he says rejoice. And he says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Take the rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. That all fits together too. That when, um, I, I don't know if everybody else had this experience, but when I was in school, like in junior high and high school, we had these exercises all the time that they called compare and contrast. Did y'all ever do that? Well, compare and contrast, verse four and verse six. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. I mean, we just talked about Pam's sister-in-law, that her go-to is to be anxious. Um, Paul fits that all together. Uh, instead of fighting, let your gentleness be known. The Lord is at hand. I mean, when you... We just talked about the rapture earlier before service. When, if the Lord comes back, do you want him to catch you fighting over stuff? And I think that's what Paul is saying here. The, the Lord is at hand. Don't be caught doing silly things. Be anxious for nothing. In everything by prayer and supplication, give thanks. Let your requests be made known unto God. Unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a big phrase with all, a whole lot of stuff being all stuck together. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. If you've ever experienced that, and I think that you have to experience that to really understand those words. The peace of God, which passes understanding. Peace of God doesn't... We can all have the peace of God when everything's good in our life. It's easy to have peace in our life when everything is working out and coming up roses. When it doesn't make... When peace... When peace is way beyond your ability to understand it, that's when you know the peace of God because it, it, does, it defies, that peace defies understanding. In the worst of circumstances, you can have the peace of God. Paul knew about that because he 
At this time, I, he's not chained, uh, but he has been chained up before. He's been shipwrecked. He's, they talked about throwing him overboard and all kinds of stuff. And so he knows what that peace looks like. Uh, and it will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Still connected to those verses. You, you won't, won't need to fight. You won't need to. This is that in, in chapter 3 where he said their God is their belly. That, that desire to satisfy your base desires. And one of the base desires, I believe, is what Satan tempted Jesus with, which was power. To have this, have this kind of power. Even if the power is to do good. It's kind of like in the Lord of the Rings and the power of the ring. And some people were saying, well, just, you just take the ring and use it for good. Anytime that that power is something that you're enticed by, there's a, there's a problem. But Paul says it'll guard your hearts and minds when you have that kind of peace that you don't need to have the power to protect yourself and, and to make things to do good and, or do the right thing. Um, it's referring to the mind. The what? Your mind. Well, yes. Passes all understanding. Yes. Of, of that, that it's a state and we'll, of peace. And we'll talk about that. Oh. And, no, it's all right. You have, we'll talk about that. Okay. The, how, what power, the power of your mind, your soulish the yeah, that's where, the, that's where the peace needs yes, to be. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but he said, that will guard your hearts from having these silly, petty infighting and all that kind of stuff. So he says, finally, brethren, by the way, that's, uh, I, that's the third or fourth time that he said, finally. I don't know that this is like a PS each time that he gets, he goes, finally, and he's not, and then he goes, wait, oh, he's like Columbo, remember? What? One more Just thing. One more thing. <laughs> one more thing. So he says, finally, brethren, that's exactly the way chapter, uh, chapter 3 started. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, meditate on if they're... Okay, let's, let's break those down. Number one is whatever things are true. Number two is things that are noble. True is, what is truth? Pilate, Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? It's whatever God says yeah. is true. Period. Yes. Sarge. Quote, unquote. Pilate said, what is truth? Yes. And Christ said, I am truth. I am truth. I am the way, the truth, the life. That's right. Good. Um, so whatever things are true, according to God, whatever things are noble, what, what does noble mean? We, we don't think about that. Um, In America, we don't. No, we don't. We're, we're not familiar with that kind of things because we just kind of treat all things the same. We treat all people the same. Uh, which is a democratic way of doing things, and it's all good. But there's a tendency on even on our part to think of spiritual things at, as just common. Even think of Jesus, our buddy, or the man upstairs. 
you that's not noble. That's not a noble way. And I'm not picking on that, but that God is not the man upstairs. Not, not any at all. So, so he says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, that means right. Mm-hmm. N- not what my truth is or what the, the media says or anything like that. It's right according to God. Whatever things are pure, that just means clean, pristine, like new fallen snow. Undefiled. Undefiled. That's the way it is in the, the is that it? The way that it says in King James? I think it is. Um, it's the white snow, not the yellow snow. <laughs> um, whatever things are lovely, just pleasing, is the way it says in some. Uh, whatever things are a good report. And then he says, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, both of those things are talking about a good report. That that I can give a report, good report about Jimmy that he didn't really cuss when he came in all wet from the umbrella. Um, he, that's a good report, Jimmy. I was kidding about that earlier. Thank you for that. But it's report. not true because he's a virtuous, he's praiseworthy, and um, but that's what the good report is. And so he says, regarding all of those things, meditate on those. What does meditate mean? We don't talk about that much either. Talk to yourself. Mumble. Think on on them. Talk about them. Cogitate. Y'all know what that word, cogitate? It's like a cow eating her cud. That's right. uh, Where they... Where they chew it up, digest it, swallow it, and then bring it up, up, chew it again. Yeah, Chrissy's making an awful face right now. You know how to worry, you know how to meditate. That's right. That's good. You know how to worry, you know how to meditate. That's very good. That's very good. Worrying is focusing on all the, all but the list of these things. It's Worrying is meditating on things that aren't true. Yeah. It's meditating on things that aren't noble, aren't just, aren't pure, aren't right, aren't lovely. But the, so the opposite is meditating on the truth and all these good things. That's good. Um, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, Paul says. Copy those. These do, he says, and the God of peace will be with you. He's already said earlier, he says, follow the example of the of people that are doing the right thing. And he talks about Timothy and, and uh, Epaphrodite. Epaphroditus? Yeah, Epaphroditus. And he says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Now at last, your care for me has flourished again. Remember Epaphroditus brought money to take care of Paul. He says, though you surely did care, you you were caring all along, but you didn't have the opportunity to help me. Uh, Wait, yeah. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to me, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. This is funny, because Paul says, you know, I didn't, 
I didn't really need that stuff. I wasn't in need that way. I was completely content with what I had. I'm, I'm content in all situations. It sounds almost like he doesn't really appreciate them. So he says, not, not that I'm speaking to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. Uh, I mean, he had experience with both things. I know how to be abased. That means humbled. I know, I know how to live in humble circumstance. This is like our grandparents who were in the, or some, our parents even, who were in the grew up in the depression? They knew what it was to live without. They knew how to, uh, what it was to be in humble circumstances. They when they didn't even have a what they didn't have a a horse or a mule to pull the wagon. They pulled the wagon with their own bodies to get from one place to another because they were so hum in such humble circumstances. Um, and he says, I, "So I know how to be humbled." And I know how to abound or prosper. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. Now, is he talking figuratively? No. He literally was hungry and he didn't have them to take care of him because he didn't get fed. Um, we, we talked about that either last time or the week before. I can do so in all that, he says, I can do all things through Christ. That means I can suffer all things. I can go through whatever circumstances through Christ who gives me strength. Some of y'all, I don't know if you remember when I had, um, when I had COVID a year and a half ago, I said that I ran a fever for 24 hours and, you know, wasn't feeling good, felt a little fluey. And after only 24 hours that I was well again, and in about three or four days, man, I could wrestle a bear. That's what I said when I was about how good I was doing. That's what Paul's saying right here. He said, man, in whatever the circumstance is, I can wrestle a bear because I've got Jesus. I can do all things, wrestle a bear, through Christ who strengthens me. The Amplified says self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency? That's interesting. Yes. I can do all things through his sufficiency. Yes, okay. Because he's in Christ. But his strength came from Jesus, not in the stuff, not in the circumstances, whatever. And that's, this is important for us to remember because whatever our circumstances are, whether we're humbled, even if we're sick or something like that, that we don't get stuck in that because with Jesus we're Okay. Strength from Jesus, not from things or stuff, even food or paper. I mean, Paul is writing all these letters and all these things. He didn't have any paper to write with. So their gift took care of it. Okay, but just in case they get the wrong idea that they think that he didn't really appreciate, because he said, oh, I didn't really need that anyway. That's like June stopping to help me because I broke down with a flat tire on the road and he comes and brings his jack and I go... Oh, I really appreciate that, June. Only though, I didn't really need it. I, I was doing okay without that. I, but Paul sounds almost like that right here, but he says in verse 14, so he says, Nevertheless, you've done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So when he leaves 
after he's been to Philippi and to Thessalonica, which were both in Macedonia, he goes back to into Greece and the Holy Spirit allows him to minister in that area. He, In fact, he ministers in Ephesus, in uh, Thyatira, all seven of the churches that are mentioned in Revelation, he ministers in all of those places and, and several cities in between. But he says, when I first left Macedonia and went to Greece, nobody took care of me. But you, where giving and receiving is concerned. And when he talks about that con concerning giving and receiving, those three words right there are accounting terms. So concerning, accounting for giving and receiving, which is uh, assets and liabilities, the pluses and the minuses, he said, you took care of me. Uh, you only took care of me. Y'all, And so he's saying, you've always been faithful in doing those things. Um, Berea was the Thessalonica and Berea is the other city in Macedonia that he went to. And that's in Acts chapter 17. So he says, uh, you only for even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Thessalonica isn't very far away from Philippi. And, but they took care of him so well. And in Thessalonica, nobody was taking care of him. So the Philippians even sent some stuff over to Helping that man, they've just been on his heart. So when he calls them my beloved, he he means it. They have a very close relationship, and he desires to get back to them. So, uh, and then he says, "For even in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again, once and again. How many times is that? Two times at least. Once and again. Paul didn't. This was ten years before." Ten whole years had passed by. And Paul, I don't know how good his memory is, but he remembers you did it once and then you did it again when I was in Thessalonica. Um, I think Paul kept a diary or kept records or whatever that, because he accounts for it and he talks about accounting a lot. I don't know if, he, if all Jewish people were accountants but but he has he has some pretty good accounting method, um, and so he says, "Not that I seek the gift." This coming to the end, he says, "Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the <laughs> fruit that abounds to your account." He says, "The and there again, that's accounting term." He says, "The the blessings that y'all receive from getting to do it for doing it." He said, that's what my desire for you is. Um, indeed, I have all... Where? You're not. Uh, indeed, verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. Paul's still under, in difficult circumstances, but man, if, if, if anybody ever had a positive attitude, he's able to have a positive attitude. Um. I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma. Where does that, where does that wording come from? A sweet-smelling aroma. Going up before the Lord. 
Yes, the, in the sacrifices that are in the Old Testament, uh, it always said that that smoke went up as a that the, the sacrifice went up as a blessing to the Lord and was a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God. All that all of that terminology is used in Old Testament regarding the the sacrificial offerings that they made. And my God shall supply all your need. Now that you supplied my need, my, God's going to supply your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's a, a doxology. Can, can everyone claim that scripture and God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? I'll write it on my I'm mirror. asking you the question, can everybody claim that? It's in the Word. You can claim it. No, you have to... It fits have with to, all the rest yes, of the stuff. It you have to, you got to give. you got to be a partner in the ministry. Yeah. Okay. But some so you're saying there that. should be a therefore there. Yes. Therefore, there. Yes. because of all that that's before, my yes. God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. That's consistent with other scriptures that talk about God answering our prayers and all, and right. all those kind of things. But a lot of people quote that and you know they're right. not givers. Right. And so not, God is not going to not supply faithful, all not their supporting need. supporting ministry. That's yeah. right. Um. God loves us unconditionally. Yes. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that applies to the whole world. So God desires to bless us, but we, we have to agree with him. It's the too. seed of Abraham. Good, good, good. So we, it sounds almost like that's the end, right? Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh, but one more thing. It's Columbo again. So he says, this is him truly winding up. This is the last, the last two verses. He says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. When at the beginning he says, greet all the saints. What's the difference in greet all the saints and greet every saint? I believe every saint that's given. Well, when I say <laughs> all you guys, I'm yeah. talking about the group of you. Right. And this one, he says, uh, greet every saint. Each it one. means each saint. Greet each one. Um, give them my give them my greetings to each and every person. That means they were supposed to go to Euodia and Syntyche and Epaphroditus and Lydia and all the different people. Give his greetings. The brethren who are with me greet you. Mm -hmm. So that was Epaphroditus and Timothy at least were there during that time along with a bunch of other things. He says, all the saints greet you. That means all the members of the church that were in Rome at the time. They all greet you. But especially those who are of Caesar's household. Mm -hmm. That is really interesting. The, the church greets you one and all, but especially those who are in C who are of Caesar's household. I wonder why that is. I think that some of that there was already a church a presence of Christians in Rome at the time, and so they were there and and they helped support Paul. But 
because of his, the ministry that Paul did there and his evangelistic work, there's a whole bunch, especially of Caesar's household. That's... Uh, Could they be risking their life being Christians in his house? Yeah, because it wasn't friendly at the time. It's he wasn't not quite, friendly to uh, about, about 20 years later is the Nero's persecution. Mm. And so it's not, it's not that bad at this point. But yeah, Caesar himself was not, was not friendly toward the church. Um, so his household may have been having a hard time with, with it. I mean, maybe they're doing it quietly or whatever. We're not sure. But they are... <clears throat> does Paul just assume that he's giving the greetings for them? I don't think so. I think that they... that individuals in Caesar's household said, tell them hi for me. Give them my greeting. Um, there was a general attitude of... Um, of blessing that came from the church in Rome. And he says, so this was his postscript, his PS, or maybe it was PSS or PPS or whatever you call it, the, the third or fourth postscript. Um, and then he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Um, I'm going to claim that as a, as a blessing for all of you right now. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And also peace. I I pray for the peace that passes understanding for people all the time. Yeah. Especially people who are going through difficult circumstances because that's that's a time when you need if you can understand a way to get to peace yourself, you don't need that. Only when you're in desperate need do you need the peace that passes understanding. That doesn't work out logically, that doesn't make any sense. That's that kind of peace. So I pray that on you all right now. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I think, so that, I think that's you. what it means, right. Daddy. Any it questions or comments or anything? Praise God. I think that um, to, to answer Yvonne's question... Can we, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Uh, since everybody here does ministry and, and is giving of their time and their treasures and their talents, everybody here does that. So um, I think that y'all are uh, receptors of God's ability to provide. So, everybody in this room at least. Right? Yes. yes. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for the rain that we've had this evening. Yes, Pray. Thank you that our grass just keeps on growing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we've been able to enjoy the beautiful green yes, we do. pastures yes, and everything. We do that cows have had plenty to eat. Um, Father, I just pray your continued blessings on us. Um, as we leave this place, uh, may we be a blessing to every everybody that we come to contact with that uh, 
that the people that we're working with daily and that we come in contact with at Walmart or wherever, Lord, that that the that people can tell that we've been with Jesus, just like the Sanhedrin could tell that that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Um, I pray that people would see that in us, that the love of Jesus is so on us that it affects people in a positive way wherever we go. Keep us healthy and bring everyone that's in need to more health uh, and we'll just give you the glory all the time, always for it. In Jesus' name. I see that chapter as a missionary offering too. Okay. Like a, a missionary an example? Yeah. Yeah. Example. Right. 